Hey folks, Brendan here from Blue Light with a, another video stroke podcast to support you. If you are already a police officer and you are going for promotion. So in this podcast, in this video, I'm going to take a look at what I think is a really tough forward facing promotion board question. Now the forward facing ones are the ones where they will say something like how in the future as an inspector will you and I'll give you something like ensure a culture where diversity, equality and inclusion is valued and is important, where you will ensure that your team is a high performing team, uh, where you will ensure that your team is one where there is a high level of concern for individual officers' welfare. So they can ask questions like that and uh, don't ask me what competency or value they come from because they could come from several different of the CVFs. What we've just got to focus on is answering the question and answering it really well. Now, the other evening I ran one of my weekly webinars for those individuals who are on the Enforce Advancement Group. This is a group of individuals serving police officers who are looking to get promoted, looking to advance their career and they pay a subscription of, get this, £3.33 a month. I've got to increase that, haven't I? £3.33 a month, and for that they get an online course and they get the opportunity to practice every week with their peers from all over the country. There's about 350 people in that group at the moment, so quite a lot really. It only started less than a year ago, so it's slowly building up a head of steam. But one of the things that's really popular is those webinars where we actually get to practice. And last week, we just focused on one question because I thought it was a really, really tough one. And it's one that one of my clients has actually had in the past. They failed their board and they wanted to practice this one uh, this evening to make sure that they're ready for it next time. Let's keep fingers crossed that they actually ask this question next time. And by the way, you can find out uh, all the links to the Enforce Advancement Group are just below. You also get access to the Facebook group for those serving officers, and it's very, very private. So what is discussed in there is just for serving officers. So the question, how would you as an inspector go about ensuring that there is a hostile approach to those who uh, offend against women and girls, to those who commit acts of violence towards women and girls. So I'll just repeat that for you. How will you as an inspector ensure that your, you, your team uh, cultivates or has a culture, uh, a hostile approach, and those were the words used, a hostile approach, uh, towards those who commit acts of violence against women and girls? So it's something like that. We spent almost an hour on that question practicing it going through different elements of it bouncing around the ideas and that's the awesome thing about the group is you get people from all different ranks uh, bouncing ideas around which when you go back and watch the recordings of them hopefully will inspire you to come up with something that's a little bit different as one of the chief inspector candidates said what they're looking for is uh, your ability to innovate into the future you coming across as just delivering the same answers that everyone else is delivering and everyone else has been delivering for the past decade or are you the innovator are you the person that's going to be able to take the force through to the future because the acc or chief superintendent who's assessing you depending on the rank they might only be around for another five years you might be around for another 15 to 20 years or even longer 
So you're out going to outstrip them in terms of going into the future. So they're looking for the people who can help move the force into the future. So there's so many things that we looked at, but I'm going to talk about the five things that really struck me. And um, if you honestly, it's well worth joining just to be able to watch this webinar. It was awesome. The input from everyone on it was just incredible. The learning that came out of it was just Oh, I said myself was just amazing. Uh, this individual really feels confident that they'll be able to answer this question. Uh, I mean, seriously, really feels confident they'll be able to answer this question in the future and we'll nail it this time. So uh, let's look at five things. Actually, I might look at six or seven things, but we'll start with five, shall we? Things that I thought were uh, of interest. Uh, the first one is passion. So in our answers we need to structure them we, we like to structure them in a way where we talk about why this is so important and then how you are actually going to address it and then what's it going to result in now when it comes to the why what was lacking was a bit of passion you know i would expect some passion from a future inspector or any any rank actually going for sergeant going for chief inspector going for superintendent going for inspector I'd be expecting some passion as to why this is so important. This is hugely emotive. This is individuals who are harming women and girls, committing acts of violence against them. And I know you're going to say, oh, it's just a, another initiative from the government. Um, it's the second time they've launched the Violence Against Women and Girls initiative. They launched it about 15 years ago and it fell flat in its face. And... I passionately believe it's important. On the patch I used to work in, young girls were getting raped on Friday nights because they couldn't afford to pay the loan sharks. And it wasn't to wipe that payment off. It was to knock it over in lieu so that they'd still have to pay it. They just paid it next week. And if they couldn't pay it, they'd get raped again. This was rape. This was violence against them. Serious violence. But it had become the accepted norm in this community. That's how harmed this community was. Was I angry about it? Yes, I was. Was I passionate about it? Yes. And I remember talking to my officers about it, about how we've got to eradicate this, this culture within this community where this is seen as almost acceptable. We have to eradicate this. This is really, really important. Imagine if this was your daughter, your girlfriend, your wife, your partner. And so that's what I want to see in that first part, some passion. And I believe they'll want to see some passion as well because they'll be listening to you thinking, can I see this individual inspiring my officers? Or do they sound as dull as dishwater? I want to hear some inspiration. I want to hear some motivation. I want to hear something that's going to excite me and make me think I want to promote this person. So that's the first thing that we need to focus on, I think, uh, a lot more because what I hear a lot in the practice sessions there's a lot of sort of tick box. As, what, as my client actually said the first time they had to go at this question, it sounded like I was delivering a shopping list. And they were right. Um, and then we worked upon it. Now, the second thing was a phrase that um, this individual used where he said, I'll get people to do. I'll get. It's an interesting phrase, that. And we looked at this concept that you might be in charge, but you're not in control. You don't get people to do anything. It's like if you give people an instruction in the police, 
if you think that they're actually going to carry out that instruction, unless it's something like a public order situation where there's no debate about it, you've just got to do what you're told to do. But a lot of the time, people will say, nod, nod, and say, yes, I understand. And then they might go and do something completely different. I'm quite happy to be challenged on this, but that's my experience. And everyone in the group on that webinar kind of got that as well. I said, yeah, we, we don't really, it's hard to get people to do things. So then we looked at um, something a little bit different. So as opposed to getting people to do things, how do we enable them? How do we motivate and enable people to do things? And that's when we looked at the power of questions. Because people will value what you value. But the way to demonstrate what you value isn't by berating people for not hitting targets. It isn't by saying what I want you to do is. It's to ask good questions, really highly eloquent questions delivered in the right way, which demonstrates to those individuals that this is what I value. This is what I'm looking for. So we looked at the sort of questions you could ask, which would motivate and enable your officers to tackle this issue and get a grip of it. And so they're very appreciative questions. You might have heard me talk before about appreciative inquiry as a model of organisational development, and it goes down really well in the group. Uh, a lot of them have used it on their promotion boards, and the feedback they've had at the board has been, that was really, really interesting. What an interesting concept. So that's uh, the third thing. All right. Um, the fourth thing, managing upwards. So within tackling violence against women and girls, we felt as though there was a need at times to be able to manage upwards. Um, removing the sticking blocks, the things that might be stopping officers doing the things that they want to do or need to do. And we looked at DVPOs, uh, Domestic Violence Protection Orders, as an example. And how as an inspector, you need to, be, you need to have the, um, the motivation and tenacity and desire and um, be bolshy enough to be able to just go and knock on the chief superintendent's door or knock on the superintendent's door and challenge them and challenge their decision if they've failed to authorize a dvpo challenge them and explain why and get into their ribs and <laughs> in a way that's subtle enough to get them to reflect on their decision and change it so we talked a lot about how you'd go about doing that um what's the fifth thing Oh, yeah, the phrase itself, hostile approach. Um, what does that actually mean? So I, would, I wondered whether the forces actually put that in the question for you to question it. Because where does hostile approach sit with code G? Where does it sit with code G? I'm not talking about the necessi necessity to arrest principles. I'm talking about the very first paragraph. Come on, you should know this. What does the first paragraph say about how you should treat people when they're arrested? What's it say? Yes, exactly. It says that when they're arrested, you are required. It's not a want. It's not a could be. It's not a request. You're required to treat people with respect. You are required to treat them responsibly. You're required to treat them fairly and without unlawful discrimination. Now, those are the things you have to do by law. Uh, I like to add discretionary things to that, like acts of kindness and compassion. The law doesn't say you have to do that, but I believe it goes a long way. And you get a lot out of your prisoner when you deal with them and do the four things that you have to do. 
uh, but then add compassion and kindness to it as well. But anyway, that's another webinar. That's another thing that we cover on the webinars is how you enable your officers to adopt that culture. So how does that sit with a hostile approach? And so we talked about how you would maybe push back and query what hostile approach means. But then we looked at, well, if you're going to be an inspector, it's your job to interpret that. It's your job, if you've got an ACC saying, I want a hostile approach towards those who offend against women and girls, it's your job to interpret that and ensure that your direction, direction, what you're doing to enable your officers is within the law and um, also at the same time does deliver that thorough approach to dealing with those who offend against uh, women and girls. So uh, we talked about uh, different techniques you could utilize there and some really, really good ones came out, which I really, really liked as well. I really liked them because I do believe in a hostile approach to those who offend. Um, they should fear every noise at five o'clock in the morning thinking that's the police coming to lock me up again. They've found me. You know, there should be an element of fear. There should be an element of them being on the back foot. There should be an element of us taking the fight. There's another phrase that's a bit like hostile, eh? Uh, us taking the fight to the criminals. Now, it's a metaphorical fight. They should be on the back foot. Our gang's always bigger than their gang. And we, we discuss things like making examples of people in a legal and ethical way and how no one is beyond the rest unless they're dead. And I don't want that to sound flippant, but that's a principle I used to adopt, that every person who's wanted is capable of being arrested. No matter where in the world they are, they are capable of being arrested. The only excuse we have for not arresting someone at some point and catching up with them is if they're dead. So we talked about that sort of thing as well. Honestly, there's like an hour of awesomeness. Um, what else can we say? Oh, yes. Now, where is my copy of the, the competency and values framework? The last question from my client was, what I'm really worried about is, will this actually enable me to score well on the competency and values framework? Now, what would that be under? Uh, creating a hostile approach. I think it would be Deliver, Support and Inspire. It was actually Deliver, and Support, Support and Inspire. And so what we did is we went through each one of the level two behaviours in Deliver, Support and Inspire. And we checked each one of them to see that if what we'd covered in our model answer at the end of 45 minutes of work would cover each one of the behaviours. They did. They completely nailed every one of the behaviours. So this is something else I believe in as well. Answer the question. Answer it well. Answer it with some structure, some detail, some authenticity, and some emotion as well. Get some passion into your answer. You're going to be an inspector. You're going to lead people. You're going to be the one at three o'clock in the morning that picks people up and enables them to pull another rabbit out of the hat, metaphorically. You're the one that's going to keep the wheel on. You're the one that they're looking at thinking, if I promote this person, when I come into work at seven o'clock in the morning as a superintendent or chief superintendent, am I going to be concerned about what's happened overnight? Or am I going to be thinking that this was Inspector Jones on duty and they are capable of keeping the wheel on? And I know that no matter what has happened, the wheel will still be on. It might be wobbling a little bit, but it'll still be on. That's what they're really thinking. That's what they're looking for. So that's the approach that we need to take. Forget trying to tick the, tick the CVF boxes. That is not going to help you. They will see through it. They've been in your rank. <laughs> They've been in the rank that you're after. 
they know what you are like and they know what the job is like and they know the sort of dysfunctional behaviours that you'll display at a promotion board and they don't want it. You will hit all the CVFs, you will hit all the behaviours if you just answer the question in a structured and detailed way, authentically, with emotion, with passion, and deliver that level of detail that they're looking for and that level of innovation and that level of challenge. All of this makes more sense when we actually practice it, folks. So I look forward to welcoming you on those webinars in the future where we take a look at these sort of difficult questions. The question I ask at people at the very beginning of the webinars is, um, before we start practicing, is what's the question that you don't want to be asked? What's the question that you're really hoping you don't get asked? Because those are the ones we're going to practice. Anyway, folks, I, I look forward to working with you to help you succeed in your promotion board in your specialist interview. Um, it's something that really excites me, this, the Enforce Advancement Group, because we've had so many successes so far. And it's not because you're not capable at the moment. It's just that you you don't practice this stuff enough. You're an operational police officer. You're out there doing that hard work. I love you for what you do. I mean, seriously, I love you for what you do to help keep our communities safe. But the one thing you don't do on a regular basis is you don't practice. And it's that practice that's going to make the difference. So come and join us, folks. £3.33. I'm going to have to do something about that, aren't I? <laughs> it's ridiculously cheap. I'll catch up with you very soon. Take care now. Bye-bye.